Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Never Tell Me the Odds, ESPN's official Star Wars podcast. You got Clinton Yates, Ryan McGee. I'm Arda Ocal. Thank you for finding us wherever you get your audio podcasts. We have a fantastic interview for you. NASCAR champion Ryan Blake will be joining us in moments. Can't wait for y'all to listen to this fantastic interview. He is a blast and he's also a giant Star Wars fan. Gentlemen, before we get to that, let's take a moment to remember the incredible life and career of Carl Weathers, recently lost. Grief Cargo, of course, in the Star Wars universe. Most people remember him as Apollo Creed. He's had an illustrious career on screen, also left an indelible mark on Star Wars. And we should mention, he was our first guest on this podcast, and he really helped launch this podcast. When I think of him, particularly in the Star Wars universe, guys, uh, yeah. Just the fact that we asked him, like, what were you, your favorite memories of being in the Star Wars universe in season three of The Mandalorian? The first thing he mentioned was directing Ahmed Best's. Wow. This season was filled with so much adventure, memories, and recalling. One of the most memorable for me was Ahmed Best coming back, of course, and and how fans have embraced, you know, his resurgence, if you will. and. I mean, it all just works so beautifully and, and kind of in my wheelhouse when it comes to action, you know. It just goes to show you what a family atmosphere and vibe that is, Clinton, right? Like just the idea that that's the first thing he's mentioning is this incredible redemption story of one of his brethren. Yeah. One of the things that struck me about Carl was, listen, we all in this business talk to various famous people. We all talk to folks that are accomplished. We all talk to people from just the regular walks of life all the way up onto those on the biggest stages. And he was so genuine with his time. Some of these people are sort of professional actors in the sense that even when they're not acting, they talk like people that are involved in characters. I, I didn't get that feeling from him at all. The willingness he had to talk with Ryan about bowl games from 100 years ago or whatever it may be, you know, he seemed like a real guy in a way that, and I don't want to sound morbid here, but we are talking about the late great in a way that led all the way up to his passing. The last thing he posted on TikTok was a story about how he wasn't going to be able to make it to Boston because he was working. He was directing something that he felt so strongly about. And I'm just never going to forget that passion. I mean, a lot of people look at Apollo Creed as sort of the sole lens with which they view him. And that was never really the case for me as a black American, frankly, his connection to the community was always a little bigger than just a character, whether it's Apollo, whether it's my favorite Carl Weathers movie, Action Jackson, which yeah. I'm sorry if that sounds ridiculous. That movie is the perfect 80s film on every single level. That guy was awesome. There's just no way around it. And I live in Los Angeles. The Raiders are a thing. All right. The Raider <laughs> fan connection to this man is huge. And so to see all of that come together, as you said, and Ryan, after we know we talked to them, it was just kind of like, Man, I'm really glad we got to do that. And man, I'm really glad I got to meet him, you know, and, and that, that sounds trite and that sounds selfish, but it's true. Well, and he come back, Carl, right from Toy Story. I mean, it was, it, and, and him, I thought about the fact that, you know, when we did the interview with him and he chose a spot in his living room and behind him were all the pictures of his family and his grandkids and, 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 you know, and, and they know him as combat Carl. They don't know him as Apollo Creed. Uh, and we know him as Grief Cargo, but but the most striking thing for me is because because I mean you said it the three of us because of our jobs we get to interact with famous people a lot you know people of of, of you know really high profile actors athletes you know industry leaders you name it and 
he was everything you hoped he was going to be because a lot of times they aren't. And and Clinton's right. A lot of times they're just playing a character, but he had that voice, right? I mean, I remember the first time you heard his voice in The Mandalorian, and it's like it reminded me of old school putting Alec Guinness in your film, right? You know, mixed in with mm. all these young people you've never seen before, you know, or putting Liam Neeson in your film, mixed in with all these young people maybe you don't know before. And it was that voice that you heard. But my the part that I always walk away from in an interview is the part that wasn't on the podcast which was he was only, we only had like 15 minutes with him, which is what you normally get. And we're kind of going around the horn and asking our questions. It's my turn. And I'm very conscious of, all right, we got to get him out of here because we're way over time. And I go, you know, Carl, I think I'm good. He goes, you think you're good. He's like, you're talking to Carl Weather. You don't want to, you don't have any more questions for me. And, but it was joking about it, but it, but it was, but he was so comfortable. And uh, again, was everything that you wanted him to be. And then obviously everything that we've heard, whether it's Stallone or Schwarzenegger or or his his fellow cast members from Mandalorian, everything that everyone has said about him has only validated what we believe that we knew uh, just from our brief interaction with him that I'm so thankful for. Yeah, also Dave Filoni at the Saturn Awards. You, you know, you could tell what he meant to the Star Wars family, uh, and it was really cool. We're, we're recording this right after the Super Bowl, and it was really cool to see him kind of you know uh, get flowers thrown at him in a Super Bowl commercial as well. That was really cool to see. Kind of caught me off guard. I didn't yep. realize he was going to be in that. And seeing his face pop up on the screen, I, 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 I mean, you guys know on our group text message, my first reaction was for all caps, four letters, C A R L. I was that's that's what happened when I was in the establishment looking at my screen too. Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV style. That's exactly what happened. I just said, uh -huh. Carl, there he is. It kind of felt like not really a closure moment, but you know, you remember like that's a face in American cinematic history you're never going to forget throughout the decades. And that's what he means to me. So we have a great episode uh, here for you. Uh, before we get to our guest, I just want to mention uh, that we got some great announcements coming up as well. And they're going to be sooner than later. We have a very, very special episode of Never Tell Me the Odds planned, especially after this one. But McGee, why don't you get us teed up for our very special guest? All right. So when we first started pitching the idea, of, of what became Never Tell Me the Odds. The idea was, all right, look, we're going to talk about sports and we're going to talk about Star Wars and bring on athletes. And I go, I got a guy. Like, I got a guy that I have <laughs> known has been hardcore as long as I've known him, which is when he was about eight or nine years old. But Ryan Blaney, uh, you're defending NASCAR Cup Series champion joins us now. Blaney, how are we doing, buddy? Yeah, good, good. Appreciate you guys having me on. I know we've talked about this for a while, and it's nice to finally make it happen. Yeah, well, all right. So I'm going to ask you a question I've never asked you before. Um, which is where did this start for you? Because I'm OG seventies and, and, you know, everybody, everybody's got their generation, right? But where did this start for you? Your star Wars fandom? Yeah. So it started for me. Um, you know, I'm a nineties baby early is not early nineties. So <clears throat> really the Phantom Menace was my first star Wars film I saw, right? It came out in 99. I was pretty young and I like begged my mom to go to the theater and, uh, I just got hooked, you know? And then after that, you know, as I got older, right. I, so I watched them just, you know, my age, I was one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, that was just the way I grew up and watched them. And, um, so yeah, I just, I saw the trailer for it when I was a kid and I was like, can we please go see, like my dad wasn't a star Wars fan. My mom didn't know anything about it. My uncle a little bit. And he introduced me to, you know, like the originals when I was a little older, but, um, yeah, just started with episode one. 
were most of your other friends also Star Wars fans? This is something that always intrigues me about the younger generation because I know I'm 42 years old. So there was a certain element of you like Star Wars, bro. Literally, that's that's a thing that you do, you know. But <laughs> as younger generations continued, it became a little less weird and it became a little more cool. But at the same time, other people looked at it differently. How was it for you growing up or was it just something that was sort of singular versus something that was popular amongst your peer group? I had a couple buddies who were just as big of fans as me. And I was really lucky of that, you know, like two, two, really two of my best friends growing up back home that we lived close to each other. We, you know, luckily had the same appeal to star Wars, you know, in, in our little friend group and our little, you know, three buddy group that we would grow up going to each other's houses every day and, and watching all these movies and, and all that stuff. And that is still true to this very day. Like me and the two other buddies of mine, like we still, we'll sit down and like binge watch two or three episodes in a row, you know, in the winter time. So um, just, yeah, I was really lucky at that, but everything else, it was like our little click. And then we didn't really care what anyone else thinks thought. Well, you're, you're surrounded by people that absolutely love star Wars, Ryan. And we know that you are a star Wars fan to the point where you have a star Wars tattoo. Like literally that's <laughs> the level of fandom that you're at. Right. And it's not yeah. just like, Hey, a little Darth Vader or something like, like this is a pretty involved. It's pr almost half your leg. So yeah. I, I need to know the backstory of this. Like, how do, how does one even decide to get a Star Wars tattoo? Like, how does that fandom develop to that point? Gosh, I don't know. You know, I just got really into tattoos when I was, you know, a teenager. And I haven't gotten a, any new ones in a few years. I've kind of gotten off of them. But it was the third tattoo I ever got. And uh, two of them were for family. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to start my leg. Like, I want to kind of finish. I want to do this whole piece on my leg. And it's going to be a lot from like my childhood, like what I enjoyed when I was growing up. So the first one was like, I saw an idea online about it years ago. And it was like Vader's head and his body doing like the, the Jesus symbol. Like, like, I don't know, there's a picture of, you know, doing, I was like, that is awesome. That's so cool. And the whole artwork of it was super neat. And I let my artists kind of tweak it and work on it. And then, so that takes up like half of my thigh. And then right above my knee, right below it, I have a, a really, it's probably my favorite one. Uh, it's Vader and Luke kind of dueling sabers with like the space, space in the background, like that super famous shot. Uh, and that is like, it's a cool connecting piece. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I wanted things that I really loved as a kid and I'm continuing to work on it. Like uh, I have other things on my leg that I, I, you know, are special to me as a kid and, um, I have a, I have like this journal of just all these ideas of these tattoos and some of them are more Star Wars uh, and others are, are other things. But I, I have this thing. I just need to spend like two days finishing my leg out so I can really complete this childhood theme of ink on my leg. But yeah, it was just random and uh, people seem to like it. You can't see it uh, unless I am wearing some really short shorts. Uh, so I, I keep it hidden. Yeah, no, you got outed by uh, by by Mama Smith. Uh, I think it was Halloween. Went to Halloween party, <laughs> and a picture showed up on social media, and you were you had an aggressive costume. We'll just say Princess Leia. Yeah, and, and the tattoo was very obvious to everyone. And I'd always heard about it, but I wasn't going to ask you to show me your leg. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so we all finally got to see it, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's we'll that's always awkward. Picture. Yeah, that's always awkward with the the like high leg tattoos. They're like, "Oh, you got tattoos?" I'm like, "Yeah, well, it's really awkward if I show them to you because I have to take my <laughs> pants off." <laughs> but yeah, Mama didn't help me out on that. That was supposed to be a that was a friends only Halloween party, and I dressed up as Leia, and uh, it was very revealing. And I said to don't post the picture, but he did, and uh, I got 
my bosses didn't like it too much, but I think everyone else got a laugh out of it. It went up pretty, pretty either late at night or early in the morning. However you want to phrase it. I remember, yeah. I remember, I think I'd come home from Halloween and it's like, Oh, okay. Now this is, this. there it is. I finally got to see the tattoo, but it's not just a tattoo. Like I think about, I went on your motor coach and for folks that don't know, race car drivers live in RVs. You know, there, there's a, there's a, a parking lot inside of every speedway. Uh, the drivers all live in these places, but your decor, I've never been to your house, but I was in your RV. There was, there was some, some, pretty nice star Wars decor. And I think yeah. it was that way at your house as well. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my bus has a, a few really good star Wars memorabilia pieces in it. Right. You try to make it as much as home as possible. Um, and then my house. Yeah. I, it's slowly every, this, my star Wars things out in my house have slowly trickled away ever since my girlfriend has come around and now my <laughs> has come around. She's just like, she's slowly like, picks these things and just puts them away. And like, sometimes <laughs> she won't even tell me and I won't notice for a few. I'm like, there's something different over here. And, and she's just slowly moving these things around. Um, I still have one piece of rug in my gaming room. That is really cool. But uh, yeah, when I was, you know, single, I mean, it was like my whole house, just Star Wars stuff everywhere. And that's, that stuff slowly dissipates uh, as, uh, as I've gotten in a relationship, as I've learned, but I'm, I'm getting it back. It's like that weird piece is when it's a fairly new relationship, it kind of, and when they move in, you know, she wanted to get rid of it. And now I'm slowly working my way back. Ryan, I'll say that's one of the most relatable things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So I am right yeah. there with you. Yeah, I, I, I do want to ask. Yeah, right you, here. Look, look at my office, right? This, yeah, is, this is my storage unit. None of this the is one in the confined actual space. house. Right, it's in my office. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do want to ask you real quick, though, just to piggyback off of that. What is your favorite piece of Star Wars memorabilia that you own? My fiance actually got it for me as a Christmas present. It is like uh, Return of Jedi and it's like old film snippets like they cut out the film and oh. it's like seven pieces i know what and are. uh it's signed I forget who it's signed by it's signed by a few actors in that movie so that's it's on a framed and like that was a really cool piece so that's a that's a pretty special one those are really dope they sell those uh i've seen where they sell those in california like they'll have them in a lot of flea markets and they're big they're in these, like these glass things depending on how they frame them those are fantastic i do want yeah. to get into it though you mentioned you're a one two three four five six guy in terms of the specific storylines and in terms of the movies some people are big on order some people are just sort of like what they like what specifically you know what stories what movies do you enjoy the most in terms of when you return to the galaxy if you will um not just that relates to your life or racing but you know who do you like i get asked that question a lot like what's your favorite episode you know, and um, I vary, man. Like, I get a lot of grief for it, but like, just because it was the first one I was introduced to, Phantom Menace is like, I, th I, I think it's number one for me, just because that's what got me into Star Wars. That's what hooked me as a kid. And then Empire's number two. So, like, I, I teeter back and forth. Like, those are the two I watch, would watch more than any of them, just because they're my favorite two. Um, and I saw, did you guys see where for the 25th anniversary, they're going to put, Oh yeah, back in theaters. Yes. I can't wait. Cannot yeah. wait. Yeah, I mean it makes sense as a driver. The pod racing. I mean that. Listen, I I can, I can understand the connection there because I still think personally that is one of the standalone best scenes we have. The video game was tremendous. You know, yeah. the scene was tremendous, and it still lives on to me as something I think is is just really a classic. Yeah, and and I think you know personal opinion. I feel like it has one of the best lightsaber fights oh, in yeah. it. Yeah. Really, um, I, I personally think so. Darth Maul was uh, was awesome, and uh, yes. um, I think I think that is P one on lightsaber battles. Like that's, that, that oh. whole sequence is just super cool. 
Yeah, no, there's, there's no question about it. And, and I want to ask you about pod racing because George Lucas is a motorsports guy. I mean, he he's been to the racetrack, he's been in NASCAR races, he's been to Formula One, been to Monaco. Um, I, I somewhere in my office right here, I have the Jeff Gordon uh, episode two diecast, and I mean, I've got, I've got all these in the office. Um, but when you watch Star Wars, and George Lucas loves to say it's not about the spaceships. For me, as a kid, it was, and I felt like. It, you know, as a motorsports guy, and as you have been your whole life, you come from a legendary motorsports family. You know, there's racing, and there's certainly racing machines. I mean, all, I mean, the Mandalorian dropping a Hemi into a Naboo starfighter alone—that's racing, right? Yeah, it is. It's you know, it's super cool that you know to see so much love from George Lucas, like in the motorsports world, like he just really enjoys it. Uh, I was super jealous that Bubba got to meet him. Uh, when they did the the collab with Columbia, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I was so mad. And uh, I tried to be as I tried to get him to hire me as his PR guy for a day, so I could go out and 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 meet Luke. But uh, you know, I, I feel like George Lucas has done that like intentionally, right? I mean, he he wrote all this stuff, and he just enjoys you know going fast, right? And he can relate racing, auto racing to you know the pod racing from Episode One, you know, all the starships and stuff like that. I feel like there's a connection there, which is, uh, which is kind of cool. It's like, it's the closest thing you're ever going to get besides space travel is, is auto racing. Cause it's the fastest, fastest way to get around. As a guy who races for a living and is in this world for a living, I'm curious, what is your favorite ship, car, anything in star Wars? Do you have a favorite? I mean, personally, I always thought the X-Wings were the, the coolest. That was probably the thing I had the most toys of as a kid. I liked the ones cause you could transform it, right. And make it, make the wings separate and stuff like that. As a kid, I thought that was like super cool that it was an interactive toy and it would change. So that that's probably my favorite one just because I had so many as a kid. McGee won't, won't tout his own work, but a story he wrote about you last year, which related sort of that last race and the voices in your ear when you're trying to finish the race between Penske and remembering your dad. I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about that story, about what it was like, not necessarily even just the connection to Star Wars, which is fantastic, but what that feeling was like and how you were going through that mentally trying to finish out that championship cup run? Yeah, I was, um, I mean, gosh, just a great, great end of the year for us. You know, I mean, getting hot at a really good time, you know, was, was critical. And, uh, you know, you see that a lot in sports. I feel like, you know, teams really finding what they need to at a critical time. And, hey, Kansas City just did it. You know, they weren't great in the middle part of the year, and they figured it out, and they were just the most dangerous team in sports and ended up winning the Super Bowl, you know. So uh, I feel like it was – I'm mostly proud of, you know, the effort that our group put in. You know, they didn't get down. They didn't – when things weren't going great, they weren't moping around. You know, they just decided, you know, we have to do the work, and we have to work extra hard to get where we need to be. And that's just really neat to be a part of a, a group like that, you know, who are always motivated, no matter if it's going really good or really bad, they're always wanting to get better and, and challenge themselves. And yeah, I mean, the, the final five weeks of the year were great. Uh, the final two weeks went in Martinsville and then following that momentum to Phoenix, finishing it out was, was great. And, you know, you mentioned my dad and Roger, you know, those guys have given me so many opportunities, you know, dad, get me started in racing, being a guy I looked up to wanting to be like, and then Roger Penske, who gave me my shot. Gosh, over 10 years ago, it's hard to believe, um, you know, I look back at when I was you know, 20 years old and he decided to give me a chance, a young kid, and I uh, never would have thought we'd be here. So just an amazing way to cap off, you know, the end of the year. And um, now, gosh, I go to Daytona tomorrow. So it's uh, we're, we're back back in full swing here before you know it. 
Well, and, and Ryan, you know, I, I can't help but but make those connections. But that, and you and I've talked about this, but that idea of making the trench run right. and hearing the voice in your head and having the guidance. And for folks that don't know, you know, these racers on the racetrack at 200 miles per hour, they're listening to a spotter and they're listening to their crew chief and they're listening to Roger Penske, in my mind, the greatest you know team owner in the history of American motorsports. But there's similarities there, right? I'm not crazy. No, I, I always think like when, when Roger comes on the radio, it's like Obi-Wan talking to Luke. Like, <laughs> like that's the voice. I hear. They sound very similar too. Like, uh, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's a great, I was like, it's like the voice of God or it's, it's, it's Obi-Wan talking to Luke, you know? And I think that's, uh, that's, that's what he is to me. He's, uh, he's the guy that guides me in the right direction, which is, uh, which is more than I ever could have asked for from someone who's been you know, an amazing person to me, an amazing person in motorsports for decades and decades. I love how everything comes back to Star Wars. It's the best. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I get accused of that a lot of always bringing it back. But, but when Ryan and I talked the day after he won the championship, like he went there. I want to go back to something you mentioned. Bubba Wallace, your best friend, um, and you guys have been friends, been racing against each other since you were kids. Anyone who follows either one of you on social media knows you're together all the time. He went to Mark Hamill's house yeah. to shoot a commercial. Uh, there was a sponsor tie-in with, with, with some with some Star Wars merchandise. Did you know he was going? And how did you find out? And how angry still are you that as the Star Wars guy <laughs> in the NASCAR world that you weren't the one that made the trip? I, I was very upset. Um, he, so he told me before he they flew out uh, to go visit Mark Hamill um, and, and film that thing with him. Um, so he told me he was like, "Hey, I'm going going out to you know California," and I was very jealous. And then I kind of forgot about it uh, for a few months, you know, when they were you know working on it, and then it came out before Phoenix that he was going to run that car. And um, the video came out and all that stuff. And I was like, dude, they got me upset again. Like it reawoke the the anger inside of me um, <laughs> about that. So, yeah, I was very jealous. Um, I would have asked, like, do you get a plus one? Can I can I come with you? But um, I'm not I'm not there yet. Not there yet. And, and I'm trying my hardest. You know, he had the whole fire suit helmet. Um, I was I'm trying to get. I don't think I'm going to get a helmet. I'm trying to at least get the fire suit because I'd hang it up because that thing is is super cool. What would the helmet look like? We go in Mando. We go in Vader. We perhaps go in Kylo Ren. What would that look like for you if it were to be executed? So he uh, so they painted the helmet. So the car looked like um, looked like an X-wing, and uh, his fire suit looked like the X-wing suit, the orange and white jumpsuit, and uh, his he painted his helmet like a, a rebel fighter helmet. And uh, so it was like the whole get up. It was like the whole thing. And uh, I was I was upset. Right. But what would you do, Ryan? Is oh, what I'm saying, if you oh, had the choice. Oh, man. I think it'd be cool to do like a like Vader's TIE fighter. I think that'd be sweet. Like, you know, a black and gray car, you know, some red in it. Like, uh, I think that'd be super cool. And then do a, a Vader helmet. I think that would be uh, be pretty neat just because my history with my stuff on my body so <laughs> yeah you're gonna you're gonna get your revenge ryan eventually i, I remember I, I i read an interview with you a couple years ago and you at that time you were working on trying to get at least on the radar of, of lucasfilm so that you could get like you know be a stormtrooper in the background or something yeah. how how close are you now has, has, has any progress been made <sighs> we're still working on it yeah i mean i yeah i was on that for a while i got to go um i was super fortunate i got to go to the last jedi premiere that was super cool you know the 
all those movies. And um, that was just a cool production, right? To see everything, how the premieres of those movies are. They're just massive, right? And, and everyone's super psyched and got to lock your phone away and stuff like that. And, and then you got to worry about not spoiling it for anybody. Uh, so I couldn't talk about it for a few days. But um, I, I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be, you know, if I could just be an extra or I would like even make me a stormtrooper, put a helmet on me. No one has to know it's me. I'll just be in the credits, be like stormtrooper number 14, Ryan Blaney. I was like, that would just be super <laughs> cool. And I'd, I'd point myself out to my kids. I'd be like, you see that stormtrooper? That's me right there. Uh, and my kids would never probably believe me. They're like, no, you got a helmet on. But um, we're working on that slowly. So we'll see. With all the TV shows, you know, I, I know they're coming out with a couple more films. You know, maybe we can land something. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Craig did it. Like James yeah. Bond, James Bond did it. You you could do it. Well, I, well yeah. I mean, you know, that's James Bond. You know, I got some, <laughs> you know, I'm not on that level here. Hey, so you mentioned Last Jedi, and you don't have to tell this story if you don't want to. But I remember talking to you about you went to a Lakers game and you ran into Daisy Ridley. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't mind telling the story at all. My girl, my fiance, actually loves that story because she knows how crazy I am for Daisy Ridley. So. Uh, yeah, this was right when The Force Awakens came out. It was like a handful of months afterwards, right? So we're at a Lakers game, me and Bubba in LA, and um, they kind of, you kind of go out this the player's tunnel and uh, where our seats were. And I saw her, we were sitting in our seats, and she kind of she walked by, you know, uh, in front of the court, and I was like, that was Daisy Ridley. I was like, that was Daisy Ridley, Ray from Star Wars. And uh, he didn't know who I was talking about. And so I was like, man, that's that was like seeing a unicorn, you know, just – here and gone. Don't even know yeah. if I saw her. It was just a myth. She's gone. And uh, I was like, man, never see her again. And then, uh, so we just, we're, we ended up leaving with a little bit to go in the game and go walking out that tunnel. And just who happens to be walking back into the game and crossing paths is Daisy Ridley. And I was like, oh my God, I never asked for pictures with anybody. I hate doing it. I get so embarrassed if I ask for pictures, but I had to do it. And she was incredibly nice to me. She was very nice. Took time to take a picture and talk a little bit. And uh, that was it. She was gone. Didn't invite her to the race. Didn't tell her who I was. I was just a, a, a fan of her character. And no uh, she, was, she was gracious. No, 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 no. Ah. I don't, I don't, I never, I never like title drop what I, I, I can't, I just don't do it. I just, I don't ever do that. So yeah, she was just, at least I got a picture with her. She was very nice. If there was ever her. a time to drop the info though, that <laughs> might've been saying. it. Yeah. Uh, I know. It yeah. was, uh, <laughs> Yeah. It was um, it was one of those things to where I was too nervous and um, just got really lucky <laughs> that she even acknowledged me to some extent. Yeah, and he and Bubba tell me the story like later on that summer. Like, well, you didn't say like who you were or what you did, and Blaney's like, well, what do I say to her? I go, how about tell her you just finished second the Daytona 500 like two weeks <laughs> earlier. Yeah, like, but 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 I but but I respect it. I respect you. I respect your yeah. respect of, of the moment. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I appreciate you sharing. Hey, at least uh, I, I at least was able to brush up against her shoulder and speak to her. It was great. Her accent's great. And uh, yeah, yeah. And now I'm engaged to a, a, a right. lovely lady who I love yes. very much. So, yeah. Yes. Who, who, who eventually <laughs> will let you put your Star Wars stuff back out into the, uh, into right. the den of the house. That's right. Slowly and surely. By year five, you should have a couple more things out. At least yeah. that's from my experience, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, last question for me, man. I, I just love to know what if you've had a chance to watch any of the new Star Wars stuff. Like, what's that been like? What have you thought of, you know, like Ahsoka or Andor or anything that you've been able to watch? Yeah, I saw Ahsoka. I thought it was I thought Ahsoka was what was really good. Obi-Wan, I watched it because like, the the nostalgia for me, right? Having Ewan McGregor back 
Like that was like, oh my gosh, I grew up with that guy as Obi Wan and Hayden Christensen coming back playing Anakin and kind of Darth. Right, he was in that in Ahsoka too. Um, so that was super cool, right? Those are my childhood guys that I really love. Those characters, those guys playing those characters, come back for that. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they what they come up. With. I thought Andor was was awesome. Um, so I, I know there's some things in the works. I think that are that hopefully are are continue to to roll it out. Right, well, last thing I'll ask you is. A, when are we going to get the Obi-Wan beard back? Because that look <laughs> is tremendous. And lastly, what are you looking forward to in terms of coming up on the actual racing season with Daytona around the corner as an actual race car driver? Star Wars aside, I'd like to know what's going on behind the wheel. Yeah, uh, the beard will come back. It'll start when the playoffs start. Uh, so I'm, okay. I'm pretty clean shaven until then. Um, and then, yeah, by the end of the playoffs, it's it's a big one. Um, and I'm excited for it to get a little gray. You know, I'm excited. It's probably going to start to get gray. Uh, which would be nice. And, um, but yeah, yeah. Like you said, I, you know, we have the 500 next week. Um, really excited to kind of get rolling again. You know, our off season is fairly short and, um, you know, the holidays around it too, it makes it even shorter, you know, it feels like. And, um, but I, I enjoy off, you know, downtime until about January 1st and then I'm ready to get back rolling again. You know, I like a little downtime, but then I just, I love getting in a routine. I love doing what I really enjoy and love doing, which is racing. And I mean, trying to win the 500, right? I mean, that's that's the dream deal, right? Win the championship, turn around, win the 500, start your year off, right? I mean, that is an incredible thing that you can do as a team. So hopefully we can have a shot at it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting year. Um, I'm excited to go to some new places. Uh, I'm excited to go to some places for a second time and then return to some you know tracks that we've gone to for decades. So it's a really good time in NASCAR right now. Things are really healthy and I'm looking forward to, to seeing where, uh, you know, 2024 stacks up. Right. Quick follow up for me. Uh, you mentioned the beard in the playoffs. Um, I primarily cover hockey. That's a very big thing in hockey, like the playoff beard, the superstition of growing the beard during the playoffs. Uh, where, where did that start for you? Same. Like, yeah, watching hockey, right? Baseball, it's pretty, uh, pretty prevalent. So, yeah, that just started, really ever since I could grow a decent beard. That's what <laughs> I've been doing the last three, four years. Like, all right, playoffs start. I'm just going to let this thing go. Uh, I tr- I trim it up a little bit because if I just went 10 weeks without trimming it, I mean, it would just be a disaster. <laughs> it would be full bush out, like out to here. So, um, but yeah, just, yeah, pretty much same hockey baseball. I just started doing it. I was like, Oh, bring it to NASCAR. Not really many people do the playoff beard NASCAR. So. Yeah. And just so you folks know, like team Penske has always been known for like start shirts yeah. and clean cut <laughs> yeah. and like no facial hair and all that. So that tells you that Blaney, uh, is held in high esteem by the captain because yeah. he's allowed to uh, allowed to even do that, yeah. right? How I get away with that is unreal. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> winning championships, yeah. With, Force is win, strong. Winning yeah. a championship helps. Yeah, there's no the question. All right, Ryan Blaney. So we do this thing at the end of uh, Never Tell Me the Odds. We got this uh, chat pack they call it for Star Wars, and it's like awesome. a party game. You just pull out random questions, and so I'm going to pull out a random card here, and we're gonna we're gonna put you on the spot. Ooh. This is from the. Uh, all right, this is from the characters uh, department. You can choose to adopt one Star Wars creature to be your pet. Which do you pick and what do you name it? It's in The Last Jedi. He's that little character that works on C-3PO. What's that uh, little guy's name? Uh, Babu Freak. Babu Freak, yeah. Yeah, Babu, that's it. Babu Freak is awesome. He's yeah. a smart little creature. He's adorable. And I would want him around. He could do a lot of handy things with technology. Uh, that's who I would want. A little, little cute, cute pet. And a mechanic. So like, yeah, you know, yeah. And, yeah. Let him work yeah, you know the kind of choice. Perfect choice. Be. I could put him on the race team, give him a job. He'd make that's a it. heck of a living. 
put him in put, put him in a little team Pinsky press shirt, right? Yeah. You're ready to go. Yeah. If we don't get one of those somewhere soon, we have failed as a podcast. Like that has to happen at this point. What a pick. There you go. That's a we great knew that call. would be the best answer we would get. Oh, that's amazing. This is amazing. All right, Ron Blaney, uh, the force is strong with you. We appreciate it, man. And we will see you uh at the Great American Race in uh in not in just a few days down the road. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks, buddy. Big special thanks to Ryan Blaney for joining us on the podcast. And guess what? All of you can join us on our next podcast. Big announcement. We're going to do it right now. We will be in Tampa, Florida next week, February 22nd, a live podcast. And not just any live podcast. It'll be myself. It'll be Clinton Yates. It'll be Ryan McGee. It'll be producer Kelsey Puckett, Aaron Thornton as well. And it will be all of you. We will be all together at Emily Arena during Star Wars night at the Tampa Bay Lightning game. Before the puck drops, we will be somewhere in the concourse recording a live podcast, getting questions from all of you, giving away prizes, doing trivia contests, having a lot of fun. Boys, I cannot wait for this. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. So so Arda Ocal is going to record a Star Wars podcast at a National Hockey League <laughs> game. I mean, can we get can we get in the time machine? Can we can we can we go back to the ring of sign? Can we go back and say, hey, can we tell little Arda that this is gonna happen one day? Because <laughs> because I feel like this is a big moment. Guys, at the end of the episode, I was gonna say this, but I'm just gonna retire. <laughs> I, I, like there's no further there's no higher that i can go this is it all right everybody this is as high as i will ever go in my life this is the greatest thing i'm surrounded by uh people that i love and all of you and this is the pinnacle of my entire existence so thank you goodbye and i'm just gonna drop the mic and i'm gonna walk away uh and then engage in some lightsaber battle or something but also uh gentlemen mcgee maybe you'd like to reveal this uh we actually will be in florida for longer than just the day because we got some cool stuff uh, the day before. Yeah, we're, we're going to, uh, I know you just made your first visit to galaxy's edge not long ago. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to go back. And, uh, and, and as I've told you guys, I can't, I can't walk in there without crying. So just be ready for that. And, uh, and it, it's, it's, it's going to be, we're going to invade Florida from Daytona where I will be with our new friend, Ryan Blaney, uh, all the way to, to the ice. It's, uh, we're, we've got the entire Florida state covered. Uh, and we're going to cover it uh, like a trench run. So a couple of things here. Number one, we don't have to go as far back as child Arda in order to get this level of excitement. <laughs> we can go back like eight months when this seemed like a ridiculous idea. But next thing you know, we're doing it. So props on swinging for the fences on that, Mr. Ocal and everybody, including Aaron and Kelsey, who's helped this all happen. We're really yeah. excited by it. But credit to them. Number two, important question. You knew I was going to ask. What are we wearing, gentlemen? What are the looks going to be for when we're taping this? I need to know what we're thinking. There's no next, you don't have to commit to anything right now. But what are we going with in terms of the look? Are we going to coordinate? Are we going to go with our own looks? I think we should probably figure this out. Yeah, we definitely should. I know that the Tampa Bay Lightning will have some sort of Star Wars merch collab. Sure. So the one option is to incorporate that into our looks. I'm sure they're going to have something. A, a lot of teams, as you know, do jerseys or bobbleheads or shirts or scarves or whatever. So I'm sure there's going to be something to that ilk. But that's a really good point, Clinton. Are we going to just dress up, be, be all stormtroopers? Are we all going to be part of the Empire? Are we all going to be in Jedi robes? Like, what should we do? 
I don't know. I mean, I've never been to Galaxy's Edge. You've been, Ryan, you're the most, you've been the most. Artie, you've been the second most. I, I like that element of it. You know what I mean? There's there, We got three different people with three different levels of experience. I feel like we're going to be shooting a Beastie Boys video live at you know <laughs> live at Disney, <laughs> running around. It's going to be great. No, I'm it, so it, excited about this. And the great thing is you wear whatever you want. Like, like there's no there, – it's a judgment-free zone. Yeah. You can wear the oldest T-shirt you ever have. Uh, you, which I have a lot. I mean, you can wear, uh, you can wear your robes, you can wear whatever. And it's, um, no, it's, I got to think about this because uh, I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion. Sure. Uh, all of us go full grand admiral Thrawn blue from <laughs> head to toe. We're all part of the Chiss ascendancy. I think we just pick a different Chiss character and we're like basically the star Wars blue man group. And that's how we show up to the podcast. How did I know that somehow, <laughs> some way, the notorious GAT would make his way into the program? Well, all I know is is that if if you can turn yourself blue by drinking too much of the blue milk, which is for sale at Galaxy's Edge, then that's going to be my that'll be my route. I'm not going to do face paint. I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm just going to keep drinking this until my <laughs> my bloodstream turns completely blue, and maybe uh. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, complete I'm, ice in the veins. I love it. Yeah, if only we all had entire uh, wardrobes of stuff that we could possibly wear. No, it's you know other people stress <laughs> over what am I going to wear to a formal event? What right. am I going to wear to the prom? What am I going to wear to the Oscars? Uh, you know, this is us hands on hips staring at the closet and thinking, all right, you know, what are we going to wear? Because it's too much. And oh, by the way, they sell some pretty awesome stuff there too. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, oh, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. So actually, that's a really good point. That just inspired me. Maybe we should do, because we're going to have giveaways. That's going to be part of this. So people listening right now, if you are happen if you happen to be planning to go to the game, definitely find us because we're going to have some sort of giveaways, whether Star Wars stuff or even like the Lightning uh, Star Wars uh, merch collab. Maybe we should do a giveaway for best Star Wars outfit because I'm sure oh, there's going to be a rock. lot of people dressed up. Yeah. Lockville Pike that we're doing that 100%. I will be scanning the crowd continuously amongst the people to find our greatest characters. I would have done that on my own volition anyway. So let's definitely do that. Love it. Do, do Love they it. become do they become the Tampa the Tampa the Force Lightning? That's what That's they should be for one night, right? Oh man, and then they have they, Darth yeah, Sidious yeah. in that one scene with I'm just gonna uh, walk around Mace Windu. Yeah, I'm just gonna walk around screaming unlimited power all night. Unlimited power. Maybe we should just be three Palpatines. Oh yeah. We should I'm just the, have yeah. the robes. We're just three Darth Sidiouses with lightning out of our fingers. I love it. I did Name. that once on the SEC network to to do a story about Nick Saban. And uh and it was a, it was a, it was a lot of makeup, but it was worth it. Unlimited power. That's amazing. <laughs> We look forward to seeing you there. So again, February 22nd, it's a Thursday. It's actually a game that will air on ESPN, uh, the network as well. Uh, it's a game between the Lightning and the Islanders, and the um, and we will be there doing a live edition of Never Tell Me the Odds before the game starts at Amelie Arena. So we can't wait to see you there. Uh, remember, we're going to have giveaways, we're going to do Q&As, we'll do trivia, we'll do a costume contest. It's just going to be a great time. It's going to be a good party before the game itself thank you very much for listening to this show thanks again to ryan blaney for joining us thank you to kelsey puckett our producer thank you to aaron thornton the glue that brings us all together and thank you all for listening and finding our podcasts wherever you get your audio podcasts we will see you next week in tampa